All right, good to have you here this morning, and let's go ahead and take our Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter 9. And as we turn there here this morning, I want to just cover a thought here that, again, was actually a thought that I found out a friend of mine was going to be in a situation and he was going to address, and uh, David Dennis out there in Watford City was, again, encouraged to talk on the subject of suffering and uh, basically address a lot of people when it comes to this subject in Watford City. He did this on Wednesday. I don't know exactly how it went, but I want to consider that same subject here this morning. Why suffering? Why do people suffer? That's something I think we need to know from a Bible perspective. And a lot of people always go to the thing. People suffer because uh, they did something wrong. That's always you know, the first answer. They did something wrong. Uh, again, something happens, a terrible storm comes through a city. Oh, man, that must be the most wicked city. You know, Northwood, uh, Minnesota, I'm uh, Northwood here in uh, North Dakota, had a tornado that came through the town. And uh, someone said, well, surely it must be because of this or that. And, and it's not always that way. It certainly isn't always that way. It certainly isn't a lot of times probably that way. Uh, when it comes to suffering, I mean, I heard... This week, there's some good friends, uh, Marty and Amber Kretsch, there in Rapid City, um, people that actually painted part of the inside of this building, uh, people that sowed with us the seed in Valley City. Um, their children were hurt in a, in a car accident, and uh, the mom uh, suffered a, a pelvic injury where she can't walk. Um, one of the children was life-flighted from uh, Rapid City to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and uh, they're all doing well, they're all live, but uh, I mean, you can see the picture on Facebook of the incident, I actually put it on Calvary Baptist's website, you can see it there, and uh, my brother there in the back of 2009 was hit by a semi, and uh, in that accident, um, the passenger side of that vehicle was just caved in, just caved in all the way, basically right up to where Kevin was, okay? But in this accident, you see this vehicle, it has crashed all around it. Look at that picture if you get a chance and uh, see what it looks like. And you'll be amazed that all five survived. The baby wasn't even injured in that accident. And uh, it was a fire and all kinds of different things. But I just want to say, why suffering? I saw that at first and I thought to myself, Marty. <laughs> Marty actually brought tracks to our, our city at one time. Uh, they printed them in Rapid City. Uh, the tracks are in the back there uh, on science. And, uh, and, uh, and I thought about, again, why did this happen to him. I thought about him for a minute, and I thought, to, first thing popped into my mind, he, he started a new business. And I thought to myself, boy, that means he probably doesn't have insurance. I don't even know if he has insurance. Maybe he has insurance, maybe he doesn't. I thought about an accident of that scope and uh, um, spectrum. Uh, that's not a $30,000 bill. That's probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in, uh, in that accident that occurred there. And it uh, sounds like um, um, Mrs. Cretch, Amber there, pulled out. Uh, sounds like into the road and, and semi hit her. Couldn't stop and, and hit her. And I don't know if she just wasn't looking or whatever, but uh, that can happen to anybody. Sometimes we don't look and, and that sort of thing. But why suffering? Why do people suffer? Uh, there's a lot of people, I believe, around this world that are suffering because of the the pandemic, not just because of the sickness of the pandemic, because of governance, governors and governments, again, causing a great havoc on the people there. I can't even imagine. Just imagine if we were like New Zealand, <laughs> just for a moment. I know you're not like New Zealand, but one case shut down the country for three days. One case of COVID closed the country for three days. Everybody who's non-essential, not supposed to you know, do business. Australia today, I mean, in Sydney and places like that, um, the, the, the citizens are being um, told basically not to work and stuff. And I think that causes suffering, not just, you know, hurt suffering, but even mental suffering. And so I want to consider this thought, why suffering? And uh, let's turn to First Kings chapter 9. If you're not there, uh, certainly go and turn there. I uh, just want to consider this thought from a Bible perspective. There are over 250 verses that deal with the subject of suffering and suffer, and so we're not going to cover them all, certainly, otherwise it'd be quite a long message. But uh, the reality is some are born blind, some are born, uh, 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 
born with handicaps, some are born maimed, some are born, again, that will grow up and get sick at maybe a year or two years old, and maybe they suffer. Uh, little babies sometimes will die. Some people, uh, again, will come into maybe a person's house unexpectedly and, and hurt people. Uh, all kinds of different things happen in people's life when it comes to the subject of suffering. And so let's begin here in 1 Kings chapter 9, and we'll read down to verse number 10, and we'll consider this subject, why suffering. It says, And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house, and all Solomon's desire, which he was pleased to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time, as he appeared unto him in Gibbon, and uh, the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made for me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and my eyes and my eye and my heart shall be there perpetually. And, it, and if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in the integrity of, of heart and in uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgment, then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. But if ye shall at all turn from foul me, ye or your children, I will not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them, and this house which I have hallowed for thy name, and, will and I will cast them out from my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. And at this house which is high, everyone that passes by it shall be astonished and shall hiss, and they shall say, Why hath the Lord done thus unto this land and to this house? And they shall answer, because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold upon other gods, and have worshipped them, and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. And it came to pass as at the end of twenty years that Solomon had built the, the two houses, and the house of the Lord, and the king's house. I want to consider this subject here this morning, why suffering? Uh, based on verse number 8, where the Bible says, Why had the Lord done thus unto this land and to this house? Why had the Lord done this? Let's pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you again, Lord, for today. Thank you again for this time we can get together and, and address this subject of suffering. It certainly, again, is something that we all go through, and certainly, again, something that, again, some are going through very intensely, even this morning. Fathers, people I'm certain that are in hospitals or people, again, that have just been injured. There are people probably that are being bit, beaten, whipped, hurt, and maimed in some different way or form. Fathers, people suffering mentally, physically, emotionally from different things that are going on in their life. Help us to understand some things on this subject of suffering. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, when it comes to the subject of suffering, you're going to go through it and I'm going to go through it. I can just tell you that. You say, why? The first reason why there is suffering is because it's just a plainly natural phenomenon. It's a plainly natural phenomenon. You know, when I heard this happen on a birthday, the 11th birthday, and I can't remember the child there, but it was on the 11th birthday, I thought to myself, on my 12th birthday, something happened too. And again, when you think about that, someone says, well, this will always be remembered because it happened on the 11th birthday. Think, imagine maybe what was supposed to happen that day in your mind. I mean, the, the, the Kretsch family was going to probably have a party. I would guess. Maybe it wasn't going to be that day, but a lot of times they have a large family of seven kids. Um, they were probably going to have a party that day. They were probably having friends over maybe that day. Maybe they weren't going to have friends over. Maybe sometimes when you have seven kids, you just all together get together and you're going to have a party. Maybe the parents or grandparents are going to be that day. I don't know what was going to happen that day. But I'm just saying uh, that day was one of the children's 11th birthday. And a lot of times people celebrate a birthday together. Sometimes people get together 
at different occasions. And, and sometimes at those occasions, it's amazing sometimes at those occasions that suffering pops in. 11th birthday. I know someone, again, who had gone together for Thanksgiving. And uh, something happened very tragically as they got together for Thanksgiving. And again, someone says, why do these things happen? I say, number one, because they're natural phenomenons. The Bible says here, if you turn over to Romans chapter 8, verse number 22, that suffering is going to uh, be something that encompasses the whole world. It's not something, again, that just happens to you know, people that get out of the will of God. It's not something that just happens to bad people that maybe get in trouble because you know, they were out practicing a crime or Maybe someone, again, was out drunk, uh, drinking and driving and, and someone got hurt, etc. Uh, things around, along this line happen. Suffering happens as a natural phenomenon. And uh, again, Romans chapter 8, verse number 22 says this, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. The curse of sin has caused it to be a world that includes suffering. suffering, And so we know sin brought suffering into the world. Creation is cursed by suffering. There's going to be suffering as a part of our life. We don't live in a, in a world like paradise to come where we'll have no more suffering, no more pain, no more crying. Now all those things will be passed away. We live in a world where there indeed is suffering. And it's based largely on sin. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3. We could go over to James and we could look at the book of James and James chapter 4 and, and consider the thought that sometimes people, again, suffer because of lust and desire and they'll kill to obtain things. And uh, certainly you see that sometimes with different uh, people come along and they'll kill people to obtain something. Certainly, again, something that's happening there to some degree in Afghanistan even now. I mean, a government has been truly toppled. An insurrection did occur. And that insurrection, that toppling of a government came by some people that decided to overthrow the current government and take over and all those kind of things. And there are people that are suffering today. There are women that are suffering today. There are men that are suffering. There are Americans that have been beaten and are not even able to get out of the country today. There are people suffering in Afghanistan today. It doesn't touch your life or maybe my life because I don't have a, a friend or a relative or maybe someone along that's over there in Afghanistan, but there are people there that are suffering in Afghanistan. There are people that are suffering and uh, mentally wondering maybe what's going to happen to their, their child or their children or their loved one or their friend or their relative that works there. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse number 16, the Bible says there, and uh, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return to the ground, for out of it thou wast taken, and for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Now you see here in the Bible, the first two people that came into this world, Adam and Eve, were again appointed to suffering. It mentions there, in verse number uh, 16, it mentions that the, this lady by the name of Eve would suffer in childbearing. And anybody who's had a child has suffered pain in childbearing. And you find here in the Bible mentions again Adam. He's, he's the, he, it says here in, in verse number 7, Cursed is ground for thy sake. And it says, In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. And, uh, and, and so sorrow is not something strange to anyone. If I was to ask anybody in a given month, I would guarantee that every person could point out some time in a given month where they suffered, unless you're having the, 
the highlight of your life where everything is going great. I mean, I can't imagine going through a month of life where you don't suffer either mentally, physically, or emotionally somehow because of something that's come into your life or occurred in your life. So many, again, today deal with suffering in different ways. Sometimes when someone suffers pain or disappointments or whatever it might be, they might go to a drinking or they might turn to drugs or alcohol or whatever it might be. And, and again, they try to cover over this sin and suffering that's a part of their life. But sin, I believe, is part of the curse. Suffering is a part of the curse. We see this in the Bible. Many verses bear witness that suffering is, again, a very natural phenomenon. Adam and Eve weren't the only ones that suffered. Let's turn to Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14. And so someone says, well, why did this happen? Could be it's just natural. It's a natural phenomenon. Someone says, well, I can't understand why that airplane crashed, or I can't understand why that car ran into the other. I can't really grip why... A train could have that happen to them. I can't understand way, like, how did that storm take the lives of those people there? Why did that flood carry that family away? Why did that child walk out in the street and get run over? Or why did this, you know, we know someone here by the name, at least I know him, Conrad, that got hurt here just a little bit ago. And uh, someone says, why did it happen to Conrad? Not Conrad, it's my relative, <laughs> in case someone's thinking that. But a Conrad, an older guy that I knew from uh, John Deere that worked at John Deere, how, how, did he, how did he get hurt? Why did he go to the hospital? Because suffering's a part of regular life. Job chapter 14. And uh, let me get over there. I forgot to turn there. Job chapter 14. And verse number one and verse number two, it says, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth as a flower, is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And this doesn't mean this is a perfect perspective, but this is certainly, again, how Job saw things. He said, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Uh, there's trouble that is a part of everyday life. I know my mom always used to say, and one of the things that she, I don't hear her say anymore, but I just remember growing up as incidents would happen as trouble came into our family as we had five boys that certainly had lots of energy. She would always say this every year. Every year. I mean, I know my brother Kevin would remember that. Every year, what's she talking about? Someone cut their foot. Someone fall out a tree. Someone break their collarbone. Somebody break a toe, a foot, whatever it might be. It seemed like to her it's every year, every year. For some people it isn't every year. But that's a thought that she would think. Let's turn to Job chapter 14. Again, I understand, again, especially probably in a larger family. I know of some families that have a bunch of boys in them. It seems like you see them and cast and you see them in different things it's just normal I mean two years old and they got a cast on what's the cast from well the boy decided to jump over this and fall off this and I'm pretty rambunctious sometimes Job chapter 14 verse number Job chapter 14 verse number 22 it says but his flesh upon him shall have pain and his soul and in within him shall mourn. This is speaking just basic of people. His flesh upon him shall have pain, and his soul within him shall mourn. Um, I'm in a little bit of pain today. Say why. I decided to be out in the sun yesterday. I'm one of those fair-skinned people. You know what happens to fair-skinned people? They don't put sunscreen on, and they sit in the sun for a while. You know, if I wanted to be in a bunch of pain, I mean, suffer a lot. Just have me just sit out in the sun for 10 hours a day and just bake in the sun. A nice sunny day like yesterday. It doesn't have to be that sunny, but like yesterday, sit out in the sun for like 10 hours and I will bake and bake and bake and I'll be in pain. I mean, heat coming off my face today. Say, why, why am I suffering pain? Because I, I was out in the sun. Simply just out in the sun. It says, all flesh, 
but his flesh shall have pain. His soul shall mourn. Is there anybody who says, I've never cried before? Oh, I've never cried. Never, not one time cried. No, suffering is a part of life. Pain is a part of life. Uh, going through different difficulties is a part of life. Yet a man is born unto trouble. It says there in the book of Job. Let's back up here. Job chapter 5 and uh, verse number 7. This book of Job talks about trouble that came to a very good house. To a good man. To a godly man. To a man who was perfect before God and just before God. It came into his family. Uh, Job chapter 5 and verse number 7. It says, yet man is born unto trouble as a spark fly upward. Born is born unto trouble. So it says, I just don't think it, I'm ever going to suffer trouble. It'll come your way someday. It might come your day today. It may come my way today. Men are afflicted. Men are hurt. Men, again, suffer loss. Men go through affliction. People experience misery. People go through tragic days. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Someone says, I haven't. You haven't. Well, maybe you haven't. Maybe you haven't. But understand this. That day might be coming for you. And it might come for me. And you might say, well, why, why is this happening to me? You might even try to maybe blame God for it and say, why is this happening to me? Not understanding that some other people have gone through the very exact same thing. Why do I have cancer? I don't have it. But why do I have cancer? Why did so-and-so die of cancer? Why does so-and-so have a terminal disease right now? Because of sin, because of suffering. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse number 4, Paul writes here, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but you would know that I have more abundantly unto you. The, know the, the love which I have more abundantly unto you. But if any have grief, you not grieve me, but in part, that I be not overcharged of you all. And much affliction and anguish, Paul writes, many tears. Now people sometimes look at Paul, and I know we look at Paul lots of different ways, but do you ever look at him, some who went just like the Lord Jesus, had a lot of affliction and suffering and trials that he went through. And he wrote letters out of anguish of heart. He suffered many tears. The Bible says, I wrote unto you with many tears. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians, Christians, the best of Christians, Christians well within the will of God, again, might suffer some of the most tragic things in life. And I think of Brother Kuzo and think of the tragedy. Him, him out in the place of evangelism. Again, you, you probably don't think back on this, but I think about it back sometimes. He nearly lost his life. If he hadn't got to the hospital, he would have bled to death when that guy hurt him with that knife. Do you remember that? He would have died. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he literally would have died. And he had to try really hard to get help because he didn't know where the hospital was. I mean, tragedy can come to anybody's life. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 1 and 2, it says, More, brethren, we do to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy... And their deep poverty abundant to the riches of their liber liberality. Macedonia was going through some suffering, definitely poverty, having lack of food and funds and all those kind of things. I mentioned there's a great trial of affliction. Affliction is pain. Doesn't describe here necessarily what the pain was, but the pain was coming from somewhere. A great trial of affliction. And this church was a giving church. And this church was one that gave to Paul into missions. 
Sometimes the best of people will suffer. And, and they're seemingly well within the will of God. But sometimes people suffer when they're out of the will of God. I'm not going to go and look at the book of Jonah, but here's a guy who was well without the will of God. And he too was suffering. And so we see, first of all, that the first reason we suffer is because it's a natural reality. Tragic days will come to just about everybody's life. I mean, really tragic days. Saints will face suffering, affliction, and difficulty financially, socially, physically, emotionally. These all come to different people at different times. But why do we suffer? First of all, because it's a natural reality. Secondly, as you turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we may suffer, secondly, because people bring it into our lives. People bring suffering into our life. We see this with Paul here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse number 26. It says here, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six. Paul suffering shipwrecks, being stoned there, verse number 25, beaten there in verse number 24. Verse 26, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in washings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. That's Paul's life. Paul wasn't just a guy that's, oh, he went to this city and went to that city and people got saved and it was great and wonderful and so easy for Paul. No, it, it talks about all these different people that, that came into his life that hurt him. Back in verse number uh, 26, it talks of perils of the waters. Waters. Now, that's not people there. But then it says perils of robbers. That's people there. Perils of my own countrymen. Perils of the heathen. Perils in the city. Perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren. Sounds like it's just about everywhere. And someone says, well, he just, he just, he just you know, kind of fabricating these things. He's stretching the story. No, that's the way it was for Paul. Paul had it very hard. He would suffer much for the Lord's sake. He would suffer. It said that very early in his ministry, he suffered much for the Lord's sake. Again, why do we suffer? Because of all kinds of different sources. Uh, people of your own country, people that are heathen, people in the city, people in the wilderness, people outside the city. Suffering comes, can come from anywhere. People can cause distress, stress, worry, heartache, troubles, trials, etc. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 55. You know, someone says, well, I, I've, been, I've been one who's gone through a lot of suffering. Well, I, you, probably, you probably could be. You probably have. I probably have at times, too. There are times, again, that we go through suffering and we just ask this question, simply why? Why is this happening to me? Why did this happen to my family? Why, why did we go through this? Well, sometimes it's because people that lead to our suffering. Could be people that are of your, of your family, people, again, they're against your family. Could be of enemies, could be of robbers, could be of looters, could be of politicians, could be of traffickers, could be of drug dealers, could be of drunk drivers, could be of other enemies. Psalm 55, verse number 2, it says, Attend unto me and hear me, I mourn in my complaint. And make noise. These are the words of David. Because the voice of my of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me. In wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pain within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. 
And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and have rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. You know, when troubles, trials, suffering come, sometimes we want to just get away. Somehow just get away from all this. But yet you see here, the psalmist David experienced suffering. And he suffered as a result of people. Because the Bible says in verse number three, because of the voice of my enemies. Those people can say things, mean things. People are bullying. People are hurt through words. Because of the oppression of the wicked. Again, oppression sometimes coming from different sources. They cast me in iniquity. In wrath, they hate me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. Some people get deal with worry, fears, and trembling and trials that come their way. And suffering can come a lot of times just because of people. People hurt people. Sadly, people hurt people. Turn to Psalm 41. I'm sure at some point in my life I've hurt someone. I'm sure probably somewhere in your life you've hurt someone. Could be your mom, your dad. Could be your sister, your brother. Could have been a friend, a relative. And uh, you hurt them somehow. And maybe sometimes you didn't even understand or even know that you did it. But people sometimes openly will hurt people. Some people will, again, go behind the scenes and hurt people. Some people will tragically uh, come to somebody's house and hurt a person. Um, Suffering is a part of life. And uh, people can cause it and people can afflict it on other people. Psalm 41 and verse number 9, David writes again here, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat, uh, eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. And this is David talking about his familiar friend, his consular friend, Ahithophel. Mine old friend has lifted up his heel against me. Jesus had Judas Iscariot do that to him, a friend. And sometimes it can come from a friend, it can come from a foe, it can come from anywhere. I think again of all those who who were involved with uh, either war or conflict in Afghanistan. Can you imagine the death that was involved there? Both in Afghanistan, dying, and, and people going there trying to get, bring stability and peace to, the, to that place. Deaths in war. Deaths in, in uh, different situations. Sometimes deaths during a riot. Sometimes deaths that, that occur as a result of some seemingly freak accident that occurs, but it was caused by somebody else. A terrorist activity will take the lives of somebody else. People are targeted and killed and and die as a result of these things. So people can bring suffering to our life. Well, let's turn back to 1 Kings chapter 9. I do want to mention, as our text mentions here, that why we sometimes suffer is not only a natural part of life, and secondly, because people can bring suffering to our life, it's thirdly can become because God sends suffering into our life. God sends suffering into your life. We see this in the case here in 1 Kings chapter 9, verse number 6. It says, But if you at all turn from following me, ye and your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, and you go and serve other gods and worship them, then I'll cut off Israel of the land that I've given them, and this house which I've hallowed for my name. Will I cast out my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a bribery among the people. And at this house which is high, everyone that passes by, it shall be astonished, and shall hiss, and say, Why hath the Lord done thus unto this land and to this house? That's other people asking, Hey, why did this happen to Israel? And the answer is in verse 9, it says, And they shall answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God and brought forth the, that brought forth their fathers out of the land and have taken hold of, upon other gods and have worshipped them and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. Suffering can come apart of the Lord bringing evil. You know, in a situation, we shouldn't necessarily go to the situation and say, well, I believe this is God doing this. But we should consider maybe God 
can do different things. He can cause us to go through suffering. Again, people can cause us suffering, and sometimes it's a natural phenomenon, but in this case here where God's people, if they turn from following the Lord, it mentions back there in verse number 6, and not keeping the statutes and judgments, and they start worshiping false gods, etc., the suffering followed. They turn from God, and God sends suffering their way. You'll see that throughout the Bible. Many, many cases where people uh, suffer because of uh, doing something against the will of God. Again, a prime case of that is Jonah. Jonah. Another case of that is Lot. A lot vexing his righteous soul. Every day, uh, the Bible says, because of him living out of the will of God. So many different cases in the Bible of people suffering as a result of God coming along and chastening them for their good. Let's turn to Job chapter 37. Job chapter 37. Again, why, why do we sometimes suffer? And uh, again, this is something I believe a Christian should look at sometime. And I'm not saying, again, it's, it's why you're suffering or why somebody else is suffering. But it may be God trying to correct or do something in your life. In Job chapter 37 here, and we'll look a little, quite a bit at this thought here because, again, this is the text that we have chosen here this morning. But Job 37, and, and looking at verse number 9 through verse number 13, it says, Out of the south cometh the whirlwind, and cold out of the north, by the breath of God frost is given, the breath of the waters is straightened, and by the watering he wearieth the thick cloud, he scattereth the bright cloud, and it turneth round about by his counsel that he may do whatsoever he commanded them upon the face of the world and the earth. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. Now, someone says weather. Oh, it's just a natural phenomenon. It's all, 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 always natural. Don't ever think that God could be involved with, again, the rain, the wind, the snow, the winters, whatever it might be. Well, here in this passage, Job says that God is in control of the elements. He talks about the thick cloud, the rain, uh, all those things that come upon the earth. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. So God can send things our way. God can send it as a chastening true, and he can send it as a comforting type of tool. And so God can can cause things that seemingly are natural that come our way. He may send things maybe as we ask for mercy. God, give us rain. We need rain. Did anybody pray for that? I believe some people prayed for that, and God did send some rain to our area and to different areas and has done that throughout history. But God can chasten his children, and he does chasten his children. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3. And verse number 11, now he does this to redirect us into doing more after his will, to be more conformed to the image of his son, to bring us maybe out of place, maybe where we wandered away from God or we're not doing those things that we should be doing. And so God will redirect us through events, through things that come along into our life that we don't understand why maybe they've come into our life, but he'll use those to correct us, redirect us, and make us more after the image of his son Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 11 and verse 12, it says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, son, in whom he delighteth. And so our father will correct us. Just as an earthly father will correct his children. God chastens his children. And he will sometimes send suffering to correct his children. Let's turn to Romans chapter 3. God will send sometimes suffering as a chastening tool. God will send sometimes, again, suffering, again, sometimes as a redirecting tool. Let's turn to Romans chapter 3, verse number 19. Uh, sometimes a person needs redirection. You know, they're going in one direction and they... They need to be going a different direction. So God will send something in their life that might cause them to turn 
back a different way. Turn back towards the truth. Turn back to the will of God. Turn back to doing the things that maybe God would have them to do. Romans 3.19 says here, uh, sorry, Revelation 3.19, I gave you the wrong reference there. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. It says here, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. I rebuke and chasten for the purpose of bringing about a change of mind in my children. Storms can sometimes redirect children back towards the things of God. Maybe someone's wandering out into the world. Maybe someone's in a position where they're thinking, uh, this is the way to go. God can send chastening to redirect them into the will of God. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5 and verse number 3. Again, the, the purpose of sometimes suffering is just plainly to bring us to a place where we can be a better Christian somehow. First Corinthians, it talks about against suffering, allowing us to be able to comfort those who have been hurt through similar comfort situations, tribulations that have come our way that we can comfort someone who maybe goes through that tribulation that we now are experiencing or they are now experiencing. Second Corinthians 1.14, it says, 1.4, it says, we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. I just mentioned that, but I want you to see Romans chapter 5, verse number 3. What is the purpose of, of, of comforting? It's to improve our character. It re, refines our character. Look at verse 3, it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Tribulation leads to what? In the end, hope. As we ride out suffering, as we go through suffering, as we suffer trials and affliction, it can lead to hope. may go through different kinds of troubles as others go through troubles, but they come again to bring us to a place where we can be refined in our character. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 7, if you would. Again, God will sometimes send suffering also, I want to mention here, simply to judge and, and he's done that. And, and someone says, could this be God's judgment? Yes, it could be God's judgment. And, and, and the Bible says, well, how do, I mean, someone says, well, how do I know? Well, I'm, I'm sure you'd have to ask the Lord. You'd have to look at the situation. Has God sent this, again, as a tool to judge someone? Judges chapter 6 and, sorry, Genesis chapter 6, there, verse number 5. It says, and, the, and God saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every imagination or thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And it repented of the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and agreed him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created on the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the earth, for repenteth me that I have made man. Made them, sorry. And uh, he said he's going to destroy the earth. And uh, the Bible says there in verse number uh, 12, it says, And the Lord looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way in the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I would destroy them with the earth. And uh, God said he, he would destroy the earth. And uh, he was the one who came along and sent the rain that destroyed the earth. Look at Genesis chapter 7, verse number 4. It says, For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth. Forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. I destroyed a lot, but he spared some. And so God again can send the flood. He can send the fire. He can cause us to go through the, the rain, etc. And we can see that in the Bible. Uh, a deadly kind of hail was sent in Exodus chapter 9. It was sent directly by God. God can send. Again, killer type situation. Killer storms. Let's turn to Psalm 107. But what is 
the purpose in suffering. It's a lot of times to bring, I believe there, and I'm not saying all cases, but God can send suffering again as a, as a chastening or redirecting tool. He can do as a refining tool to refine someone's character. He can send it again to uh, cause us, cause people to be judged uh, of a direct kind of judgment to, to again bring them back to where they should be or he may judge and actually destroy as he did with the flood. But notice here in Psalm chapter 107, I believe, again, a lot of times when it comes to suffering, and I don't know how many times, but a lot of times God will send suffering to lead to someone's salvation. Psalm 107, verse number 25, it says, For he commandeth and, and raises up the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves therein, they mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths, their soul is melted because of their trouble. They reel and fro, uh, reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men and are at wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth out of them their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for the wonderful works of the children of men. Why does sometimes God send the storm to bring people to salvation when a person's at wit's end, the Bible says, they cry unto the Lord in their trouble? You know, sometimes, again, someone might say, well, I don't know what's ever going to happen in so-and-so's life to get them to turn to the Lord. It might be in some day that, again, they... They run in a situation of great trouble. And finally they call upon the Lord. When they are at wit's ends, then, then they cry unto the Lord, it says in verse number 28, in their trouble. I believe suffering a lot of times can lead to a person's salvation. Adversity can lead to dependency in God. Suffering can lead to people trusting and turning to God. And that's why sometimes we find suffering happening, even as a natural phenomenon. In Psalm 107, verse number 5, the Bible says, Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Verse number 10, it says, They sit in darkness in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of the Lord and condemned the counsel of the most high. Therefore he brought down their heart in their labor. They fell down and there was none to help. They cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them in their stress. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death and brake their bands asunder. As I think of the Kretsch family, and I'm not saying this because I know for sure why God allowed this to happen. But I do know this from somewhat personal experience. A close brush with death will bring a person closer to believing that, you know, I could die anytime. Imagine being in that situation, and again, I don't know what, what child it was that was life-flighted all the way from Rapid City to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but knowing that you almost died, isn't, isn't, doesn't that bring the reality of salvation closer? Or would it be more a person who's never had a brush with death, never thinking, you know, I've never really been sick, never been in an accident, never even close to an accident. I mean, God's always prospered me. I've, you know, I grew up, I, I went to college, did well, financially got a good job. Everything's gone well. I've never had tragedy happen in my life. My family hasn't been touched by tragedy really at all, and, and they just keep going through life and they don't think about death or a brush with death. I would have to say for, for the five that were in that vehicle, you would say, hey, you know what? Death could come any time. For the little baby, it's kind of like the baby that wasn't hurt at all. I thought about that. That's kind of like Moses. Moses never got hurt. I mean, he got saved alive. But if you look at the vehicle, I mean, if you look at the vehicle, you'd say, I mean, I said, how did they survive? How did they not all die? I mean, that, that vehicle is so mangled. I mean, crushed. I mean, crushed all around. 
I mean, the front and the back, yeah, maybe the very front and the back weren't damaged, but it's like having a vehicle crushed almost on every side. And they survived. I, I mean, is God sparing their lives for some purpose? And so I believe, again, God's sparing a life. We see a God sparing a life and can spare a life through salvation. People that are broken, brought low, brought to wit's end, brought to the bottom, can turn from their place of adversity towards the Lord. Verse number 14, brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. The wonderful work that God would take care of those who have gone through very difficult times, adversities, darkness, troubles. Verse 20 in this chapter says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them out of their destructions. And sometimes I believe, again, suffering comes as a, as, as a ways or a means to bring us towards salvation. It happens so that you might think about life or death, or you might think about what could happen tomorrow. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. Natural reality, yes. People cause suffering, yes. God sends suffering, yes. Sometimes we'll never know why something may have happened. Sometimes you'll know exactly why something happened. I mean, it'll be obvious a person was involved. Sometimes it'll be obvious. It was a natural phenomenon. That flood came all of a sudden, and it happened to us. That storm came along, and that person went through suffering. That situation happened, and they can see, and we can see, that God was redirecting them back into the will of God, or God was trying to bring them to salvation. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. Why do things happen in general? I think this verse gives us the answer and certainly gives us the answer for believers who go through different in, in situations in life. It mentions in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Problems can come, suffering can come from many different sources. But the purpose of these things is for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. God sometimes allows suffering to happen in our life as a natural phenomenon. God allows suffering to come into our life as people can cause us to suffer. God sometimes sends suffering in our life to chasten us, to redirect us, to refine us, to judge us, and to bring us to a place of salvation. Let's close as we consider the word of God here this morning.